Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is July 7th, 2020, and it's Tony here in Saskatchewan. here in beautiful BC. How are you, my friend? Busy. Weather's doing crazy things, but I'm busy, and uh, so the weather and the Canadian politicians have a lot in common, so... (laughs) That's actually very well said. Um, All right, so we've got a loaded-up show for you tonight. Yet again, we probably won't get through everything we want to discuss, but here we go. On the show tonight, the City of Montreal has got a very intriguing artistic display. Synovus finally sends some oil to the St. John Refinery of Irving Oil. Justin Trudeau and the We Charity and his marriage. And much, much more. So we'll get right to it. So the city of Montreal, full disclosure, I've visited the city probably about a dozen times in my life, and I love it. And uh, Lewis, you've been to Montreal several oh, times, times as well. And my wife is from there, so yeah, and, it, and it's it's a beautiful city. It's I uh, I gotta say it's one of my favorites in this yeah. country. Uh, absolutely love absolutely. Montreal. I love Montreal, but it doesn't mean that they're not full of yeah. wackos. Exactly. And you you hit the nail right on the head. The wackos that went on Montreal City Council have decided that even though they, they fully are willing to admit that they are $500 million short on their budget this year and will have to go begging to the Quebec and the federal government for money to make up that budget shortfall, have somehow found $632,000 for a new artistic display. And I'm going to try to keep this family friendly because it's what we do here. This might not be easy, but this uh, artistic display is actually going to be of sporophores. Now, you'll f- I forgive you, any of you if you don't know what that word means because I didn't either, so I had to look it up. And essentially what the city of Montreal is paying for is about a dozen bronze statues of reproductive organs of mushrooms. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> and what? Well, they're calling that art. Oh my god, I'm speechless. Right? Uh, when I heard that, and I have to uh, credit the Canadian Taxpayers podcast for, for where I heard it at first, then looked it up on my own, and I said, I mean, it's bad enough you're going to spend 600 grand on an, an artistic display during a time when you when your budget is you know blown completely apart by a pandemic. But you're going to get one that's not even remotely tasteful. Like, I suppose that people might walk by and not know what they're looking at, but look up Sporophores. And <laughs> wow. 
Sorry, Canada. Well, <laughs> well to be fair, I think 99% of Canadians won't know what it is when they see it. But, um, um, wow. All I got to say is, uh, what, what, what's a, what's a six, what's $633,000? Eh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, drop in the bucket. I mean, when... it's, yeah, it's a drop in the bucket when you're ha- a short half a billion. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's another 633000 Exactly. Why not just throw the money out on some sporo farmers? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I don't right. even know what to say. I don't anyway, even know what to say. Yeah, I, I had to start with that because I thought this might be our only chance to get a couple of laughs in during the show tonight. So there it is, folks. Uh, next time you go to Montreal, be certain to get yourself downtown to check out those sporophores. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, and for those of you who do know Montreal, it would be quite ironic if they happened to be on St. Catherine Street. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll move on from there because this will just go south if I keep going. Um, let's move a little bit west to Ottawa. Now, Justin Trudeau has got himself in, in a little bit of hot water yet again with uh, Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion. And this time it was over giving a sole source, um, not tendered contract to we charity to take care of a student summer jobs program. Yeah. Now, is, is this not now, is this the same charity that does a we day? That's the okay. exact same yeah. one. Now it's it's a pretty good charity. I, I like it. My daughter was a part of it for a bit, and it, it's a great charity. But that that let's not let that distract us from what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. My daughter actually took part in, in a wee day when she was, I think in eighth grade or seventh grade. And yeah, it, I actually, I don't have anything against we, the charity. What I have a big problem with is that it was actually one of the two brothers who is uh, in charge at we had made an announcement that the prime minister's office had called this in April and asked if we would be able to, administer this the summer jobs program uh for a summer volunteer program i'm sorry precision matters um a volunteer program worth 912 million dollars and we said yes and then of course when that actually hit the news when the the program was implemented suddenly he was oh i must have misspoken it wasn't the pmo it was the senior assistant deputy secretary of whatever 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 office it was and I thought, um, I think misspoke in this case means you told the truth by mistake. I, well, and, and the way this, this came out was that I think that when the article was written, they, they actually asked uh, Trudeau if if he had called or if he had had any part in it uh, in, dis, in the decision. He said, no, that it was a bureaucrat that called or something like that. And, uh, and then the we day uh or the we charity um air representative there uh changed his story and oh that's yeah, all worked okay and, um but and here's where and here's where you know that he spoke the truth the first time 
when he said that the PMO called. Uh, because it did not take much uh, of a public outcry for the We Charity to just walk away from this deal. So you know that the first time he said, the first thing he said about who called was probably the truth. Because, because uh, if, if, if the truth was that a bureaucrat called and they had and and it wasn't a PMO decision. Then this would be a non-story that it would be easy to refute. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. And another really tell telling uh, sign was when we did back out of it, and Justin Trudeau's very next presser about that yet again, and. I'm just going to sidebar and say this guy really is a child. And I know we have said that so many times on this show, but at his press conference, then Canada, you got had to have heard him pouting that, well, and you know, there's no other organization that's going to have the volunteer volunteer opportunities and contacts that we does. And, and I thought, well, you know what? You've actually got the civil service that has all those contacts and they probably are the ones who would have, ended up contracting we in the long run anyway. And another sidebar on this is that we, of course, is quite closely tied to the Trudeau family. It was at a, a we event in the UK where Sophie Gregoire Trudeau contracted COVID-19. Yeah. And Margaret Trudeau, uh, Justin Trudeau's mother is also jetted all around the world to speak at we events. So it's a, it just, you know, just smacks corruption all around it. And I really hope that the ethics commissioner really bites yeah, into this one. Sophie Gregoire Trudeau has spoken at numerous We Day events. Um, I know that she, she spoke at the one my daughter was at, too. So, uh, oh, okay. so there's a long, uh, a long history of, of relationship between uh, the prime minister's immediate family and, and the We Charity. So... Yeah, there's. This is another one of those, uh, another one of those situations that involves the prime minister that just does not pass the smell test. No, that's right. And there was one segment of the deal as well where they were going to source out a company as part of this this volunteer program to help match you know prospective students with volunteer opportunities. For which they would be paid when that and we'll go into that one in a moment and then we said oh well we can just contract we the charity to take care of that for 32 million dollars and then i think that was one of the things that had canadians saying okay hold on so you're going to be contracting yourselves like uh hashtag corruption yeah. no this is it, this is a Oh boy, this is just a hallmark of this of this prime minister's tenure. I mean, it, it's it's like you just can't you can't go uh, a calendar year without a without a, a big. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A big scandal. I mean, there seems to be one, at least one, every single year. Well, it's ridiculous. Like. The more that this happens, the more you we have to understand that Justin Trudeau 
honestly believes that the rules don't apply to him. Like the, I, I have no other explanation. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, he's shown that when it comes to COVID-19 and, and traveling across provincial borders and uh, doing all this stuff while telling everybody else not to leave their homes, um, you know, going out to uh, protest rallies, but won't go to uh, the uh, house of commons. Um it's just one thing after another that the that he just it's do as I it's it's do as I say not as I do, and and I'm just getting like I mean I was sick of this three years ago, and and I mean it's just been another three years of crap like this. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and I mean even as you were saying some of the different scenarios in which he felt the rules didn't apply to him. I was thinking of even more. I mean, even he, even when he applies that to his own government, when they tried to sneak that provision into a stimulus bill, not the stimulus, a spending bill to, to give themselves dictatorial control over spending for 20 months. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Pierre Polyev and the conservative opposition, but mainly I think Pierre Polyev, there is so much stuff he would get away with, but Pierre Polyev is not afraid to call them out on it. And thank God for Pierre Polyev because he speaks out and the rest of the country actually listens. And I mean, and and I mean, there's other uh, people or organizations that are trying not to let Trudeau get away with anything. And and I mean, like the Canadian, uh, there's uh, one of the, one of the, I think there's three major uh, Canadian firearms owners associations, um, but I think the biggest one is actually taking the government to court over the the use or, or the, the the gun ban that was done through an order in council, which is not what the order in council is really for, is to do things like this. So they're they're actually taking uh, the government to court over it. Uh, I strongly suggest everybody that has any kind of concern about government overreach the loss of rights and freedoms in this country donate to that cause because this is not just about guns it's not just about guns this is about the government just stealing rights and freedoms from you and uh, taking and taking property and uh and i mean that that uh that gun ban has has expanded even more there are now 22 rifles like the caliber 22 rifles that are on this list now. Like this is ridiculous. It's, it's insane. Like, this list is just going to keep expanding until every, everything is included. Like it, I'm just, I am fearful now. I am absolutely fearful. And you should be, and we all should be because no, you've hit it on the head. This is this is a rights issue, and it's a freedom issue. And, yeah, I think that at least one of the major firearms organizations, like I think the one you're referring to is the Canadian uh, Shooting Sports Association. Okay. I know they had, they had filed suit. But also I think the uh, – I think I want to say it's called the NFA National Firearms Association – is is also part of that part of that action also they have an action on their own but yeah there are at least some organizations stepping up to protect our rights yeah. and well we need that we absolutely do yeah 
So now in the, in the intro, so, you uh, mentioned something about Trudeau's marriage. What's that about? Well, I uh, I hope Canada that you have all seen the the little YouTube clip. Uh, this was a the Canada Day message that came from the Trudeau family, and I'm not sure if it was the reporter that asked them to kiss or encouraged the the couple the happy couple to kiss. But if you haven't seen it, Canada, search on YouTube and look for the the, the Justin Trudeau Sophie Gregoire kiss for Canada Day, and it looks like it's even more awkward than if like uh, a father kissing their niece or something. It's like a little, a little peck on the mouth and she immediately turns away and takes a step. He immediately backs away, almost recoiling. And then they kind of compose themselves and smile for the camera. And (laughs) you have to really, this is one of those things. I wish we had a video show so I could play the clip because as soon as you see it, there is absolutely no more any doubt in my mind that that marriage is in trouble or maybe the rumor that they're actually are separated is true. Well, was this before or after Trudeau said that Canada was not the greatest country in the world? Now that I don't know. Um, <laughs> cause, cause that was all part of the it same was, address. Yeah, so, uh... It was. Yeah, in case Canadians, <laughs> you have not seen that video. Trudeau, actually says it's not it's not what makes canada uh i I can't remember his exact wording but it's not that canadians uh know we're the best nation on earth it's that they know that we could be yeah i remember the words to that effect yeah we're not the greatest nation on earth but we could be and and um how would that be, Mr. Trudeau, by being the only nation on earth who actually increased taxes on their citizens during a pandemic, uh, <clears throat> doubling carbon tax, <clears throat> or perhaps the one of the few nations on earth that allowed their politicians to get a pay raise when so many others were cutting their pay? Yeah. Um, would that be a how? It, it, it's, I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> a prime minister... Even if you're not the greatest nation on earth, your leader is supposed to say we are. Well, yeah, like you would think that that would be one of the very first lines in your job description. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> as the leader of the country, you're supposed to be the Canada's, the country's biggest cheerleader too. And 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 when you you actually address the nation on the nation's birthday and say that we're not the greatest nation in the world, but we could be. Um, you just, you just want to smack him upside the head, you know, like, I mean, is Canada the greatest nation on earth? I think it is. I don't, I I mean, I wouldn't want to live in any other country. So I know that, that, that Canada has got to be the greatest nation on earth because there's no other country I'd want to live in. And, and yes, the United States is the, is the superpower and, and all of that, but uh, look at the problems they have. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live there. So yes, Canada is the greatest nation on earth, despite all our issues and our problems, and our our idiot leader, and all of those things. We still are the greatest well, nation on earth. Well, we are, and I mean, a is a contrast. I think of Jean Chrétien, who was, despite 
his many many flaws, and he had, did have a lot. He of had a lot flaws. Of yep. But he was definitely Captain Canada. I mean, he was loud and proud and saying Canada is the greatest country in the world. And I heard him say that many, many times through his tenure as prime minister. Yes. And then you've got Justin Trudeau, almost like he's standing up saying, we're number eight. We're number eight. (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing about Trudeau is that he's ashamed of Canada and always has been. I mean, he, he is... And and I don't say that lightly. I have lots of evidence to to prove it. I mean, he said he said Canada is the first is the world's first post national uh, country, and that yeah. and that Canada doesn't have a core identity. I mean, both of those are false. Both of those are, I think, what he hopes Canada will be. I think he hopes Canada will be a post-national country. And, 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 and I can't think of a worse scenario. I mean, and, and yeah, we do have a core identity. And, and I mean, you can, I, I don't even know that Canadians know what our core identity is because most of the time they just answer with, we're not American. Um, and see that that bothers me when 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 people say that it's like there's more to being Canadian than just not being American, and it bugs me even more when you have the CBC mainly saying, "Oh, it's it's universal health care that makes us Canadian," and I say, "No, it's not universal health care. It's hockey. It's maple syrup. It's poutine. It's Don Cherry. Go ahead, haters. It really is guys like Don Cherry, and yeah. there's just." There's so many things that make a Canadian a Canadian. It's not healthcare, and it's certainly not, you know, the CBC. We're not the only country in the world with with healthcare. So exactly, so how can healthcare be what makes Canada Canada? I mean, give me a break. I mean, I mean, every most first world countries have national have uh, have uh, public healthcare. Even the U.S. Oh yeah. Even the U.S. has a form of public health care. It's it's for people who can't afford insurance, and for seniors. Seniors have Medicaid. So that's right. And it's it, every every first world country has uh, some version of universal health care, and ours is not the best. It's 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 pretty good. But there's a lot of things that if you want done, I don't know, in less than 18 months, you'll have to go to the U.S. to get it done. So let's let's stop this whole, oh, healthcare is what makes Canada, Canada. No, it isn't. There's a lot that makes Canada, Canada. And healthcare is a small part of that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and I think you you really touched on it there when you said, like, you know, Justin Trudeau is ashamed of Canada. So he doesn't recognize that. Yeah, there are a lot of things that actually make us Canadians. And just because he refuses to acknowledge it and he refuses to see that because it suits his agenda. um, No, there's actually a good reason on Canada Day to stand up loud and proud. And it bugs me that we were not allowed to this year. We were not allowed to go gather and have public displays of fireworks and, 
you know, have bands playing to celebrate Canada Day. And it bugs me even more that we were allowed to have anti-Canada protests on Canada Day, but you couldn't celebrate. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it's irritating. I mean, I, I understand the not having Canada Day celebrations. I understand that. I mean, look at what's happened in the U.S. after all the protesting. The yeah. coronavirus is exploding down there again. Um, and I mean exploding. So uh, there is a spike in cases, but there's no spike in deaths yet. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm just... It, so, I mean, I do. I get it. I get it. I mean, it's... But the but the allowing protests, like protests are allowed, but parties are not, and it's yeah. crazy. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's even got to the point where in the U.S. they're calling Black Lives Matter um, uh, uh, graffiti Black Lives Matter street art. And, oh my gosh! And people who have gone and painted over it are being charged with vandalism. Why would I not be surprised? Yeah. That was in the news, that, that was in the news today. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. So um speaking of protest, there was actually well, they're actually still wondering if they're not going to call it an act of terror because there was a gentleman who was a part of the Canadian Rangers who actually wanted to pay Justin Trudeau a visit, so he smashed his truck through the gates at Rideau Hall. Yeah, and he, uh, he had several firearms with him and I guess has uttered threats to towards Trudeau. Um, but the most concerning part of this is that he uh, is that he spent quite a bit of time inside the walls of of the Rideau property before anybody st- before anybody got to him. Yeah, that's what I'd heard that he had breached the gate. I think they said at six thirty, and it was eight thirty or so before he was brought in yeah. by the police. Yeah, he was in there for at least an hour and a half to two hours before, before somebody, yeah. before they, before they arrested him. Right. Yeah. And apparently he admitted to the greenhouse on, on the property. Now I don't know any of the, the grounds at Rideau Hall at all. I've never been, yeah. but apparently where he was at, at the greenhouse was not very far from where the, the prime minister and his family are currently staying. Luckily enough, neither Justin Trudeau nor Governor General Julie Payette were there yeah. at this time when he when he stormed in. But a, how did he get in so easily? I mean, yes, he crashed his truck into the gate, but it, how did he manage to crash his truck in the gate, get in the property, and hike? Uh, I think they said about half a kilometer. Like it's an eighty-acre property, and he said they they said he went he ran about five hundred yards to where the greenhouse is. How does all that happen without? somebody noticing and saying um hey that that probably shouldn't be going on right now should it yeah exactly <laughs> i mean security around prime ministers has always been fairly lax i mean you can go up to 24 uh, 
Sussex Drive and knock on the door. I mean, it's oh, I mean, it's not, it's not like I mean, I don't know if you can now, but uh, I believe back when uh, when uh, uh, Christian was prime minister, you could actually walk up and knock on the door because there was very, there was almost no security at all, and which would explain how that guy ended up breaking into uh, into the house while Christian and his wife were sleeping. <laughs> Um, oh, I'd almost forgotten about that. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, but that's the, uh, that's how it is in Canada. But the thing is, is that, um, this is the leader of the country. Like we're not the U S and our prime minister is not the president of the United States, but he's still the prime minister of our country and, and deserves and should have better protection than what he gets well absolutely you should and now that you mentioned the jean chrétien i uh I, I do remember that when someone broke in and uh jean chrétien actually had grabbed a was a soapstone sculpture or something to he was going to going to smack this guy with but then of course security got in there i, but, I don't um, i don't remember but i be, i believe it was his wife that scared him off not him um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's because you know there were people making jokes about how his wife was the one that saved him and all this, and and then it was uh, right after that that he assaulted a uh, a protester at an event. Remember, he choked him. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, and that was so. That was right after that, and the joke it, the joke among conservatives was that he was just trying to prove his manhood. After right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that became known as the Shawinigan handshake, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now I remember that well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, so getting back to this uh, Canadian Ranger. So he was charged with 22 charges, and I believe 20 of those charges were firearms offenses because he had um, some prohibited as well as restricted weapons with him. So and his claim that he just wanted to talk to Justin Trudeau is probably a little far-fetched. So I'm, I mean, as much as I, you know, trash talk Justin Trudeau, and I will continue to, you still got to respect the office of the prime minister of this country. And that, that can't be allowed. Like I'm, I'm actually very distraught that, that this man got as far into the grounds as he did and that he got onto the grounds in the first place. Like, they, like, like, RCMP, we've got to step up your game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not right. No, so uh, so yeah, he's facing 22 charges, and of course, RCMP being RCMP, we don't really know how that's all going to turn out, but, we, but stay tuned, Canada, because we will bring you more on this story as it unfolds, and as always, no shortage of opinion. All right, so... Canada and security. This will segue nicely into this topic. So now Canada, we all have discussed before, is a member of the Five Eyes Intelligence Partners, that being Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. So now, officially, since the United Kingdom has banned Huawei from taking part in the development of their 5G network, that leaves Canada as the only country in the Five Eyes who has not banned Huawei. That's right. And 
the other countries are threatening Canada with not sharing any information with them because of that. Oh, see, now I had not heard that, but that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, they're 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 threatening. They're saying to Canada that if they if we allow Huawei into our uh, data networks, that they will stop sharing security information uh, with Canada. And you know what? As much as I say that's horrible, I don't blame them one bit. No, nope, neither do I. And I, I mean, I mean it, and and I honestly, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand why Trudeau is not making an announcement on this, and it's all to do with the two Michaels. But, um, but I mean. They've been charged and they're going to trial. And 99% of people that go to trial in China are found guilty. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm actually going to make a Star Trek reference here. Back when the original Star Trek was whichever one of the movies where Spock died. Then he says the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. Yeah. And you know what? We, I, I feel awful for the families of the two Michaels because it was a terrible situation that they got, you know, arrested on. But there's 37 million other Canadians right here who really need some security. Yeah, absolutely. And Huawei, Huawei should not be allowed into Canada's data networks. I mean, it, it's been it's been proven that there's back doors built into them into the yeah and that they can that they can access uh information without anyone knowing and it's been proven that they're there so it it's such a simple it's such a simple decision um and i mean let's be real here the two michaels are not the only two canadians that are being held by the chinese but they're the only two that are getting any attention I mean, there's there's a lot of Canadians that are being detained in China right now. Yeah, good point. And you're right; it is the two Michaels that get all the attention. And there was there was a wife of one of the Michaels, uh, I think of Michael Kovrig, who was on Power and Politics with with uh, Vashi Capellos a couple of weeks ago. You know, pleading her case for for the country and why it is that these 19 prominent Canadians should rule the day. But uh, and you'd given Mr. Trudeau a shout out and a rant shortly afterward. And I just want to repeat that. Like, I'm really glad that Mr. Trudeau said, no, we are not doing a prisoner swap and we are not going to show the world that, you know, you can pick off Canadians wherever you want and we'll buckle. Yeah. And I mean, that's and I gave Trudeau props for that. Um, I think he should have said it a lot sooner. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, but he said it. and. That's not something I actually expected him to ever say. So I gave him props for that. He he said the right things. Um, he just didn't do it soon enough, but he did say them, and that's and that's more important than not saying it at all. Yeah, no, and full credit to him. I uh, I think we were both quite surprised that he did, but good. Now he just has to, you know keep going on that and yeah like you said about Huawei I mean there's back doors built in and there was apparently no I don't understand 
tech all that well, but apparently in their, their network, there's built-in switches that will actually run the data streams from Canada through China before going elsewhere. So they get everything of our data. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, like they've got, see, here's the thing. China has uh, been able to do that with Zoom calls and Zoom uh, meetings and stuff like that during COVID. They've actually routed uh, Zoom video conferencing calls through China uh, so that they could eavesdrop. And oh. that's been proven. Uh, TikTok, by that, that popular uh, cell phone app, TikTok, is a Chinese app. So everything that happens on that app goes through China. Yeah, and you mentioned TikTok. Um, India actually just, whether it was today or yesterday, has, has actually banned TikTok from 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 India. So they're uh, they've India as a country is actually saying, nope, you need to delete that app from your from your phones if you're in India, and they will be developing their own kind of a uh, little teen video type of app yeah well the u.s government has banned tiktok from the government phones oh so well good yeah because that's uh yeah there was an article i'd read that actually was explaining you know why you should delete tiktok and it discussed a lot of the reasons that we're talking about huawei's networks just that yeah if you if you have a tiktok video it's in china so yeah Okay, so we're well. We're we still got a few minutes left. I want to touch on one more topic here for sure, and that is uh, something we discussed before. But Synovus Energy has made a deal with the Irving Refinery in Saint John, New Brunswick, to sell them Alberta oil, and they've just sent their first shipment off. So all I can say is that's fantastic that uh, we built the pipeline across the country so it can get to Saint John in a matter of a couple of days. We did. Oh, wait a minute. No, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's right. We it's, didn't. And, and so instead of going 4,000 kilometers by pipeline, this oil is going to get loaded on a tanker and go 11,500 kilometers on the water to get to St. John. And don't forget, it's traveling 1,000 kilometers by pipeline first. That's right. It is, yes. And it's going on a tanker. And it's going to go all along the west coast of North America, through the Panama Canal, and then up the east coast of North America before terminating in St. John. That's got to be the most efficient way to move oil, isn't it? And the safest. And the safest, for sure. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and uh, it just it blows my mind that, well, A, that they're actually making any money by doing it, but B, that only in Canada would you have to ship a Canadian product across the country by going halfway around the world? And it is halfway around the world because the circumference of the earth is, I think, 23,000 kilometers. And this is going like 11,500. So it's almost pretty much exactly half the circumference of the earth. Yeah. No, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, this is, this is absolutely asinine. And, I, 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 I don't know how 
environmentalists are okay with this. Like they they just cheer on the fact that no pipeline was built, and then there's nothing to hear from them about this. And it's and a pipeline is way safer, way safer. Yeah, and as ironic as uh, the timing is, the anniversary for the crash in Lac Megantic, Quebec, had, which had just passed last week, I believe it was. Yeah. And that was, uh, if not the worst real disaster involving oil in Canadian history, it had to be right up there. It was with 47 people were killed, I believe. Yeah, and it was by rail, which the environmentalists and everybody seemed to be okay with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's not build a pipeline and risk yet another Lac Megantic and let's send or send by tanker and risk another Exxon Valdez yeah. or build a pipeline and risk very little. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 an oil pipeline leak is usually very small before it's detected. The new new safety uh, uh, sensors and all that that's in these pipelines is are so sensitive that it can detect a minor leak now. So I don't know why I, I, I don't know why people are so against this. I just don't get it. No, I don't either. And like you're right, there. As soon as the pressure changes by a very small degree, I mean the pipeline just shuts down. And, yeah, I get it that, you know, Premier Legault does not want a pipeline to run through Quebec. But, honestly, it's a matter of, I think that Energy East may have got it wrong because where they wanted to route the pipeline was essentially just outside of Montreal and along more of the populated areas of Quebec. There was, had they routed it north, then I guess, I mean, maybe the Laurentians get in the way, but they probably could have found another route, which may still not have been acceptable, but at least some national leadership could have said, hey, you know what? This actually looks like a good route. But instead, no, no, no. Halfway around the world looks like an even better route, you bunch of idiots. Yeah, and but honestly, I don't know if there's a politician in this country that's got the balls to say, hey, this is happening. This is going through. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, as much as people want to hate on John A. Macdonald, had he not done that with a railroad project, we wouldn't be Canada. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there'd be a giant hole in the West here. Yeah. So, I mean, really, this is an opportunity for a government to do something bold and make their mark on history. But instead, we've got a government who absolutely hates the resource industry, does everything he can to pass legislation to kill the resource industry, and then is going to wonder five years down the road why the country is broken and can't crawl out of, out of the you know depression that we're going to be in. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a very concerning situation uh, in all aspects of politics right now. Yeah, it really is. And uh, that's actually probably just as good a spot to end the show as any. That, And I know, Canada, we do this to you way too often. We, we leave you on a bit of a sour note, but it's really a, a terrible time to be uh, involved in politics right now in this country because there is just so little leadership and so little vision for this country. And we've just got to find 
some way to reverse that trend. Yeah. And I don't, honestly, I don't know what it, what it's going to take. I mean, it's going to take better quality politicians. It's going to take uh, politicians with guts and, uh, and it's going to take a populace that has had enough. All true. Yep. You're, you're right on all three of those things. And I don't see any of those in Ottawa right now. No, I don't see them in very many places, in, in very many capitals in this country. No, no, you're absolutely right. Like, I think the closest we had was Brad Wall when he was Premier of Saskatchewan, yep. but he has zero interest in being invo- back in the game. Yep. I mean, I have not been blown away by Jason Kenney. I have been somewhat... Uh, happy with 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 Doug Ford but the thing is is that it's only really what he's done during the uh, during covid that has really impressed me um, I'm I'm not I'm just not seeing the leadership in this country right now no unfortunately not and I'm so... not seeing it in the states either because the two best candidates they can come up with are Trump and Biden Two people, <laughs> two, two old men who are both losing their minds and neither of them can put a sentence together. And that's the best they can come up with. Oh, and uh, Kanye West. Yeah, won't he make a great president? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> three guys who have all lost their minds. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, see Canada, there's lots of reasons to be a proud Canadian, but politicians <laughs> just are not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, have a, All have right, a good Canada. week, my friend. Um, oh, uh, on a programming note, uh, Canadian Common Sense is going to be coming to you every Tuesday now. Uh, we're moving from Monday to Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, still watch out for some rants in between, but yep. Thank you for that. Lewis, the, the full episodes will now be publishing on Tuesdays. So hopefully you enjoy this one and we'll talk to you soon, Canada. So from Saskatchewan, this is Tony here. And Lewis out here in BC. Have a good week. Good night, Canada.